0: Welcome to Vets Talk. This is Kevin Horgan, co-founder, along with Charlie Scott, of our free and open venture to bring veterans into the limelight through stories, biographies, subject matter expert interviews, leadership lessons, and sometimes ranting and raving and howling at the moon. Now, Vets Talk is a collaboration with Zach Knight and Knightley Productions and Vetlanta a team that networks with transitioning veterans to make the Atlanta area the first choice of locations to settle in, to live, work, play, and pray, and maybe raise a family, to stay connected to our tribe, the veteran community. Hi, everybody. This is Kevin Horgan here with Vets Talk, and I want to introduce Dan Kopp, leader, veteran, entrepreneur, and Army vet. And, uh, he's going to tell us his bio. Dan, go ahead, please. Well,
1: thank you, Kevin. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. And as he said, I'm Dan Kopp. And after a stint in the army, where as a military police officer serving in Germany, Panama and Fort Devens, Massachusetts, I spent some time in public education where I taught ninth grade science. I was a principal for uh, five years, and then I was a superintendent for 10 years. Since then, um, I think I've finally found my calling, and I'm an entrepreneur, and I own two consulting companies, and we are helping employers and leaders across the country through both companies, and uh, our our clients are making a difference, and that's what it's all about. So that's me in a nutshell.
0: Well, you know, and that's the nutshell that we want to break down a little bit. Uh, You joined the Army. Uh, Why? Uh, Where'd you go to school? How'd you got there? What was your journey like?
1: Yeah, I'm from Platteville, Wisconsin, originally. And I joined the Army, quite honestly, because it was an easy choice to make. That's why my older brother had gone in. And I'm not saying I aspire to be him, but he showed me the path. And I was just really fed up with high school, I was getting recruited for academics, I was getting recruited for football, and I was being recruited for all the armed services and you know I said to a recruiter my junior year the army recruiter I said so this I I commented about all the noise the recruiters were making and he said you know it can all go away if you just sign this delayed entry program uh, contract I'm like what are you talking (laughs) about so he explained what he meant I signed a paper and the noise went away so it was an easy way to shut down the noise I did my senior year without much care and it went in the army and it was the, now I'm not saying the army is easy per se, but the choice was definitely easy. And that that's why I went in. It was just to shut down the noise when I was a senior in high school, quite honestly.
0: Well, that's awesome. But now uh, military police? Yes. All right. Uh, was that your choice or did Uncle Sam tell you that's what you were doing? It was
1: my choice. I had high enough test scores that I got to pick. And believe it or not, I got I picked military police. So it is what it is. I went in not like literally not knowing a thing. And he said, well, what do you want to do? I am like, "I don't know. What do you got? <laughs> so that sounds cool. Let me do that. And then he asked me some other questions. Thanks. You know, I'm living in Frankfurt, Germany uh, a year later. So.
0: It sounds like a good experience for a young man, really not sure where he's going in life. Yeah,
1: loved it. Um, Did my time. I was active for eight and a half years. And most people say that's too long or not long enough. And I just grew wanting something else. So I got out and went back to uh, school and got my teaching certificate or teaching degree and then ended up at teaching.
0: Okay. Where'd you go to school?
1: Um, various places while I was in the army, the, I think the army does all military services do a very good job of having the education centers and all the posts and and bases throughout the world. So I have a, I have a plethora of different colleges and universities behind me, but I have an associate's degree from central Texas, which I got through an education center on a military installation. And then i got out of the military and went to university of Wisconsin Platteville where I got a four-year degree. Then I ended up in northern Wisconsin, where I got a my teaching certificate, which was basically another about three years worth of a bachelor's degree in Northland College. And then I ended up in sort of uh, East Central Wisconsin at Marion University to get my master's degree in leadership.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Did you ever picture yourself as a military cop? And I really, I hated MPs myself. I just had to let you know right out the gate. Yeah, but you were looking Jim- familiar. I, w- I was going to say, if,
1: we, you know, <laughs> if you turned around and put your hands behind your back, maybe
0: we... we... <laughs> I'm denying everything. I uh, if uh, Did you picture yourself uh, going into education and you said you were principal?
1: Yeah, no, I didn't at all. I got out of the Army, went and got my bachelor's degree in biology, which was sort of, of not much value. It was fun, but you really can't do much with a four-year degree in biology, so I ended up getting my teaching certification, and that led to teaching, so loved uh, science, loved the kids, loved the people, just grew, it was more about the people than it was about the job, so I grew to not like that as I got deeper into my principal license program, so the more I, the, the deeper I got into that, the more I wanted to be a principal and the less I wanted to be a teacher, so I was a principal for five years, and I parlayed that experience into running my own district for 10 years.
0: Wow, that's that's awesome. How did you how did you get it to be a superintendent? What's that process, or what was it where you lived? For licensing in Wisconsin, which is typical for many
1: states, you have to get, in essence, uh, the equivalent of a second master's degree. So I did all the PhD course work to get the license. Um, took me a couple years, and then I applied and, t- and I found a right fit in the district I went to, and that's what it's all about. Eventually. And that's what I help a lot of my clients figure out. Um, Job hunting is about finding a fit more than finding a job, because when you have a good fit, you, in essence, have found a work home so you can stay there and excel and grow and be promoted and all those things. So we want to have jobs where we are welcomed for who we are. And when you have that fit, that's what it's all about. So I, I realized that after I was leaving the teaching ranks and getting into administration that it's all about fit. Yeah, I, you know,
0: it's it's interesting that you, you stated you were a biology major, and you had all these uh, uh, ancillary degrees in order to prepare you for greater responsibility. But is it safe to say that anyone that, that gets a degreed program, even if it's in uh, some kind of, I, I assume biology's rigorous study, I mean, I couldn't do it, I barely got through high school with it, but anybody could aspire to any leadership position with a basis in some kind of discipline that has rigor to it?
1: You know, I, I agree that they can. I I think it's much broader than that. I Quite honestly, I subscribe to the notion that anybody can lead. And I work with my clients through a mentoring or coaching capacity to talk to them about what their strengths and values are. Now that we've identified them, let's talk about why you possess those values and strengths. And now let's talk about what good, good leadership looks like and how you use your values and your strengths to be a good leader. So it literally anybody can lead and we've all encountered people who aren't in leadership positions who are leading.
0: So you think that's a natural process or that's a trained process or combination?
1: Well, I think it could be done subconsciously. And I look back, I have a book um, on the market called the power of me leadership. And when I started writing that, It was through the lens of, I went through a path of self-discovery the last 10 years that allowed me to understand who I am and and more importantly, why I am that person. And then I, I narrowed it down to like nine different things that are going on in my mind all the time when I subconsciously going on in my mind when I lead. So the book was intended to be like an example of how to discover yourself and some things to think about while you're doing it. It turned into these are just nine great leadership tenets that every leader should embrace, and it's not a nine-step process because I don't, I don't dislike that approach, but it doesn't resonate with me because whoever wrote that that approach works for them. I'm not them, so I can't do their approach. Sure. These are sure. nine generic tenets that, if you let them dictate how you interact and lead on a daily basis, you're going to have success.
0: That's great. That's great. So is it safe to say you you had your academic career and then a, a high level of leadership uh, in that uh, academic uh, venue? What told you or which one of your nine steps told you you had to be an entrepreneur?
1: You know, about five years into that 10 year um, experience, I started having wanderlust in like I wanted something different. I just didn't know what that was. And unbeknownst to me, um, my two friends and I had been working in the background on the answer and I didn't realize it was the answer <laughs> until 2018. So um, we encountered a situation in public education in Wisconsin where a lot of school districts threw their compensation systems away when the unions were dissolved back in, 2000. most unions were dissolved back in 2011 and right-wronger between school boards and district administrators threw the the compensation systems out because they were embedded in the union contract. Not critiquing that decision at all. The only thing I can say is, well, that resulted in a void. No one really knew how to compensate people in public education because they threw the only system out that we had. So we spent the next seven years philosophically discussing it, trial and error, Fast forward to 2018, and one of my partners made our discussions come to life in algorithms. So fast forward a couple of years, we now have algorithms um, our clients use on our, through our website that they could go in and create compensation systems for any employee group, regardless how big it is or small. We've got systems built for one person. We could accommodate thousands of people within one employment group. So basically the parameters are there. How much do you want to spend? How much do you want to go up one year to the next? Um, all the parameters you'd want to control are in our system. And then we ask our clients, what makes greatness in this particular employment group? What, let's Custodians, everybody can relate to custodians. What makes a good custodian for you? Well, right. he or she does this, 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 all right, you've just qualified it. Let's quantify that, put it in a compensation system. So when an employee delivers on the things that are in there, they're getting paid for it. Because as you're probably aware, this is not news to anybody. The great resignations out there, the great reshuffle, and people are fighting over bodies to come in, right? To to work yeah. for them. And we help people create compensation systems that basically they, it's a values-based exercise and they wear their values on their sleeve because they're embedded in their compensation systems. They then go to market and say, here's what we value. These are the things upon which we are going to base your compensation. If you can do these things or have these skills or have this certification or this degree or whatever it is, please come to us because we're going to compensate you for them. Because what no one wants, and especially Gen X, or excuse me, Gen Y and younger, they don't want to hear, come in at $50,000, and in 10 years, you'll be at the top of the pay scale at $75,000 with no value placed on the quality of what you're doing.
0: So we've changed
1: the narrative. Yeah, so
0: hang on. I just I want to make sure that I get it correctly and that our audience understands it. Is this is you're describing the algorithms uh, and you know what's underlying your business as an entrepreneur. This is the like a buffalo ink. Is that what we're talking about? No, it's
1: the dynamico. So not to confuse anybody. I've got two consulting companies. Dynamico is the first one, and that's dynamic comp is our compensation software. And that's where you can find me, dynamicosystems.com.
0: Okay. Great. Um, now you're talking to a former janitor in high school. It was a primo job back in the early seventies. I can state that know. right now. It's $2 and five cents an hour. I was lucky to have it. Um, and unfortunately we didn't have your algorithms at the time. In fact, we were using slide rules at the time. So I'm showing you how <laughs> aged I am. The uh, So can you tell us about like a Buffalo leading like a Buffalo?
1: Sure. Um, I, I, Learned a lot about business in the last year. And one of the experiences I had was with my business coach, Jillian Murphy. She's out of Michigan. And she was talking to me me over like February through May about Dynamico, about building that business and attracting new clients, et cetera. Well, part of attraction and retention compensation is a part of that whole narrative. So is leadership. So we inevitably got talking about leadership and she challenged me one day and said, basically said, dude, your passion is obviously coming out when you're talking leadership. Have you thought about doing that? I said, well, we are doing it through dynamical, but it's a background service. We're leading with compensation. She said, you need to bring it to the forefront and do it overtly, not behind the scenes. So that, you know, fast forward to July of this year, like July of 2022, I created Leading Like a Buffalo with one of my dynamical partners. He and I now own Leading Like a Buffalo, where we're coaching, mentoring and consulting on leadership with our clients. Okay, your client
0: base, uh, your target market?
1: Well, for Dynamico is small and medium sized companies where they want to innovate and or they've got a small shop where they don't have the The human capital the human resources to actually manage a system our system so easy to use and so easy to implement it manages itself so we found that niche although we could accommodate a large employer we could you know thousands upon thousands of employees could be in a category but it seems like our niche is small to medium-sized employers to include entrepreneurs before they start expanding once you're a year or two in and all of a sudden you say all right this is gonna work i'm gonna go out and hire support staff and and coaches, whatever. And I'm on a 10 of them. That's where we come in and say, before you do that, let's create systems to speak to the things you want them to do. You advertise those things. They come in and deliver from day one because you found a match in the candidate pool. Then um, through uh, leading like a Buffalo, any leader, I've, I've worked with C-suite executives, CEOs, presidents, um, directors, executive directors, mid-level managers, and also emerging leaders. I've, we're all evolving. If you're a good leader, you're in a constant state of evolution because what how you led a year ago is not how you should be leading now, and or a year, five years from now. So I do any either end of the spectrum: somebody who's never thought about it to somebody who's been doing it for thirty years and just needs another ear. So there's my ideal client. I you know I'd like to tell you I I like one over the other, but I get satisfaction out of help, helping C-suite executives the same as I help somebody right out of high school land their first job and become a leader in, within their first job. So that,
0: That's awesome. That is awesome. Uh, tell us about your book, The Power of Me Leadership. The Power
1: of Me Leadership. It is on the market starting in September of 2022. And I started it because over the years, I've taught leadership to through some adjunct college classes. And I always uh, guests spoke at some of the high school leadership classes in the school districts in which I was employed. And I repeatedly had people say to me, you need to write a book. Like, well, you know, I don't have anything to offer because I know from my perspective, I can't read 10 steps to good leadership and get much out of that. So I thought, well, I, I don't have a, that in me to write something like that. And enough people said, to me that's not what people want. They want practical application of leadership. So Fast forward a couple of years, I finally had enough feedback from people in my network to realize I did have something to value. So I started putting pen to paper, well, fingers to keypad, I guess, and wrote it with the thought process of, I'm going to show people how I discovered why I am the person I am so they can do it too. It turned into, my goodness, this these are nine tenants that everybody should follow. They're not in order. They're not One's not more important than the other, but if you subscribe to these tenants and make them their, your own, you're going to have success as a leader, despite whether or not you have a degree, like you mentioned, despite your experience, despite your position, despite who you are, you embrace your values, you embrace yourself and why you are that person and follow these tenants and you're going to have success.
0: Okay. You know, I want to I make sure I plug the book. Um uh, I don't want to I don't want to be in a rush at the end it's the power of me leadership coming out in September. Uh, right. Is there a pre-sale on Amazon? It will be up pre-sale by at the end of August, early okay, September pre-sale. So then it'll be okay, so, live
1: sometime in September.
0: All right, so for all our viewing audience, you want to go to Amazon at the beginning of September and hit that uh, order button uh, because if if uh, Dan can get 4,000 people in one week to buy that book and it all accumulates on the game day, he will have a bestseller so that's our goal for our viewing audience so everyone here and I'm I know in. there are thousands watching tell your friends
1: I'm in let's do it people
0: all <laughs> right so I, I, Dan a couple things to uh, uh, let people know your your the credit to all your work that you've done over the years uh your success in helping other people with leadership you you state in um, uh, the bio brief that I have is that you've traveled to all Fifty states with your kids before they went to college. Now, was that punishment <laughs> for me and my wife? <laughs> because when you go with your kids,
1: it's a trip. It's not until you hit post kid area and you're an empty nester that you actually go on vacation, right? So um we were actually driving from Wisconsin out to we up through Canada, and we where 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 did we go with that trip? Uh, Niagara Falls, New York, New England. And on the way there, I think this was like 2007 or eight, one of us said, hey, we should try to get the kids to all 50 states before they're done with high school. So, all right, cool, let's do it. So we did it. And we'd already been to some by that point in time. And that trip, we knocked off quite a few. So we spent the subsequent 10 or 11 years hitting all 50 states. And
0: that's awesome.
1: What I love about it, and I see this in both my kids, both of whom live in Madison, Wisconsin, They are both able to talk to anybody and especially in a a university environment, my daughter works for a large company in Verona and interacts with people around the country, both as colleagues and as clients and she's able to relate to people because she's been to their state and you know we hit the high points we hit not necessarily the tourist attractions, but you know I can tell you a good place to eat in darn near every state. In this, in this I state. will
0: be asking those questions
1: because <laughs> my my stomach dictated
0: where we went in all the states. All right. Well, I live in Georgia now, so where's the best burger in Georgia?
1: Oh wow! You know, I I embarrassed to not be able to tell you about the best burger. I spent some significant time in Savannah. And okay. there are a plethora of phenomenal yeah. restaurants in, in,
0: yes, in there Savannah. Are. Yeah, so it's all comfort even... food. All yeah. Comfort. <laughs> yeah. So I,
1: I could not, you can't go wrong in a lot of, you know, Yelp is your friend, <laughs> go to Yelp, okay. find the food you want. And there's right. some great ones right along the riverfront in, in uh, Savannah.
0: All right. So I know you're a burger guy, but this is, this is a test. Where's the best pizza in the country?
1: That is a difficult one because
0: <laughs>
1: any given day, I mean, have you had New York style pizza? Get the I'm
0: from New Jersey, so it's a loaded question.
1: <laughs> Ooh, Sorry about that. I thought uh, we won't even go there. I was actually back in the 80s. I had a buddy uh, when I was stationed in Germany. He was from Jersey. I thought people are from Jersey. I thought that was like a toxic waste dump. <laughs> I, I didn't realize people. oh well, it there.
0: is, but yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. I digress. So I love a New York slice, right? But now I live in close proximity to Chicago. And if you've had Chicago pan style, it's like, it's not dough, it's pastry-like crust. And then Mm -hmm. the last handful of years, we've been checking out Detroit-style pizza. And if you haven't had that, you need to check out Detroit-style pizza. So (laughs) I don't have a favorite everywhere we've lived. I've been exposed to great pizza, even when I was a kid. But there isn't one favorite style that I like. Just because all three
0: are uniquely different, they're all great. Sure, sure. But burgers, I agree. there are. I, I love agree. Burgers. I agree. Uh, I want to segue back to a little um, uh, current events, if we can. The uh, recently reported in the news that the um, education, whether it's secondary or elementary education, is having a tough time holding on to teachers. Um, So several questions in one. Why do you think that is? And what do you think might be the remedies?
1: Wow, there is, we could speak until next Tuesday on that one and still not be done with that question. Um, First of all, education is obviously very important. I would argue it's probably one of the most important professions in this country, anywhere um, in this country. And we don't treat educators as such. Uh, we don't put them on a pedestal, um, and this is a general statement because I know somebody's lives. Wow, you know, Miss Smith was blankety blank, and Mister. No, in general, education is very important. Therefore, the teach the people, the humans doing it, are important. But our society does not treat them as such. If we have problems uh, finding good doctors, we don't scratch our heads. We we. Supports people who want to go into the profession, make it more appealing by paying them more, etc. We don't continue to bash them, and all you've heard for the last ten plus years in this country about how poor public education is. And I'm here to tell you, there's great teachers in every school I've ever worked in, just like there are teachers who aren't necessarily the greatest. And that's the same for every profession. There's greatness, and then there's average, and there's and with an average comes people below average. It's a fact. Yeah. I mean, that's the way it works. So I think we need to just Give educators their due. I mean, you can see in the news how they've gotten beaten up in the last, well, 10 years, but then specifically the last two plus years with COVID. And now critiquing and questioning everything that's taught. Um, It's a a never-ending battle. I mean, I, I know I loved going to work and interacting with the kids and my coworkers, and I know I have colleagues who still do that, but they're getting worn out dealing with all the periphery stuff that comes with that. Uh, so I I don't know how to answer it other than we need to start respecting the profession, the value. We need to place a higher value on education, which would by default make us respect the profession of education more.
0: I agree, sir. I agree 100%. So we, we want to have some closing comments from you. Um, we've heard about your journey. We've heard about where you think the best pizza is. We don't hold that against you. Um, uh, but we would we would like to know about if someone needs your services in either one of your businesses, what is your what's your commercial for that? All right. So coaching and mentoring and con- straight up consulting
1: leadership lands, because what I've found is we I've got some clients who are great at what they do as a profession, and then they become leaders of institutions or their own institution and try to expand, and they have no idea how to go from a team of five to a team of 50 and what smaller teams within the team like all that stuff so that's a a legit consulting lens so i do all that through leading like a buffalo but i can be found at dan at leadingbuffalo.com. so i I work with other leaders in every any way they need and that's the coaching lens and sometimes i have to throw the mentoring hat on and sometimes the straight up consulting hat and say here are some ideas you could implement so Dan at Leadingbuffalo.com. And then for compensation, I use the same address. I own both companies, so you can find me in either place, but it's Dan at Dynamicosystems.com. But feel free to use leadingbuffalo.com because that's an easier one to spell and spit out. <laughs> but for that one, we can help any employer, regardless if you're private, public, nonprofit. We can help you make an impact with your employees, make connections with them, bring in people who fit you, help you keep those people, and ultimately save you time and money. So it's easy-to-use platform, and our clients are transforming their organizations, both in the leadership realm and in the compensation world. And that's my legacy, quite honestly. When I see my clients, people I've mentored or coached or consulted with, or people who have bought into our Dynamic Comp services... When they transform their organizations and have positive effect on their organizations and the people they're leading, that is my legacy. And that's what I, why I do what I do.
0: That's awesome, Dan. I want to thank you very much for uh, uh, being with us today, taking the risk to tell it like it is. And, uh, uh, and I really, I, I think, and I'm, I'm not overstating this, educators are doing God's work. They are part of the family, and they're an extension of this great experiment that we're doing in America, and of course, in raising our children. I want to thank you very, very much for your lifelong work.
1: Well, thank you, sir, and I appreciate uh, speaking with you today.
0: Okay, take care now. All right, bye, everybody.